What is going on, Notre Dame fans? Mike Singer and Tim Hyde with this week's Notre Dame football show here on YouTube. Pod like a champion if you're listening to the audio-only version of this show. Um, Tim, how are you doing, my friend? What's uh, what's what's new, my friend? I always like to ask you, see what's going on before you dive into the show. What's new in your world? Yeah, and I think I've said the same thing for the last nine months, right? Um, one day closer to Ohio State. I don't care what anyone says. I'm sticking to it. And, and how about we spend 30 seconds real quick, Mike, about – I mean, me, you and I have been doing the live post games for three years now. Girls, yep. we did them in 2020. And for the first time, people are angry we wear a shirt and a tie. It's like we do it 12 times a year, people. That's that's it. We, just, we like to have fun with it. All right. So. It, yeah, it, it's funny. The last two or three times we popped on here, we had the same shirt on, too. They're uh, obviously not the same exact shirt, but same color. Uh, I think Saturday, yeah, we had the same tie on or. Yeah, something. And we're not. Hey, we're not planning because I know because last week we both got the same shirt. I went down and changed today. I'm like, nah, I'm sticking to the Notre Dame blue tonight. So we'll just roll from there and let's get ready for Tennessee State. Talk some more overreaction towards Navy and uh, the hoopla that's happening. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, a, lo a lot of fun for today's show. Lo lo lots of good talk. We're, we're in football season, everybody. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, so really excited about that. Um, but, uh, before we dive into it, I think let's go ahead and hear, let, let, let's hear from a sponsor. Hey, real quick, but we got Paul dropping a $10 super chat. Paul, let us know, uh, whatever, whatever you want to talk about. We'll, we'll get to that right after, uh, we hear from our sponsors over at bird dogs. Um, definitely a high quality clothing brand for folks. If you're wanting to check out like a slim fit, comfortable flexible stretchy uh shorts to rock uh this summer and even as we get into the fall for you folks in some warmer climate um maybe some stylish pants some polos to improve your wardrobe you want to check out uh again our sponsor for today's show that's bird dogs their shorts just fit way better than the regular stuff you might be wearing which is made of a stiff restricting cotton but bird dogs fix this by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get um, a slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Go to this. This is the key, folks. Go to birddogs.com/bgi, or if you purchase something, just enter promo code BGI, and you will get a Hydro Flask style water bottle with your order. Again, that's birddogs.com/bgi or promo code BGI for a free Hydro Flask style water bottle. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. So. Uh, good stuff from bird dogs. Definitely um, have enjoyed um, rocking my bird dogs. So again, Paul uh, with a ten dollars super chat. I'll see a comment from you, Paul. But if you have anything, let us know. But the dive into um, the show today, Tim. Uh, how many times you got to watch Notre Dame Navy? I've definitely watched them a couple times. Obviously okay. live and did you know i was texting you i was watch i watched the replay during your guys' sh um, show right at the end i watched it stayed up late and watched it sunday night while i listened to you and a uh, goolsby break everything down that was good and yeah a little spot shadow here and there so no i got pretty um really have concentrated on the offense defense it's it's navy and you see a bunch of guys playing in a mosh pit basically so it's a uh, that is what it is but really concentrate a lot on the offense Okay, and here's Paul's comment. He says Angeli better play 50% of the next game because he has one ACL injury to, to Sam Hartman uh, to being the starting quarterback against Ohio State. Uh, I certainly agree. I hope he uh, – I would love to see him – you know, if Notre Dame's able to go, you know, touchdown, three and out, touchdown, three and out, you know, touchdown, Tennessee State throws a pick. You know, like then you get into the 35-42 nothing halftime kind of deal – then you would think that Angeli plays the, the entire second half. But he was going to play the the entire fourth quarter, basically. He was going to play, like, again, I think it was 12 minutes. Notre Dame went up 42 nothing. He was going to play until Navy had that eight-minute drive. And then, um, you know, Angeli got in three minutes left, 39 points up. So I, I do think we'll see him a good bit uh, on Saturday, Tim. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. I. I mean, this is why they scheduled this game was to um, have this after the long lay, the the long you know I almost said drive home, jeez, the long flight back from uh, Ireland. Last time they did this, they played Big Ten Purdue and had a dogfight till the last second with them. So this is per, you know perfect type of game after you know. I mean, last week the atmosphere was unbelievable; it was like a bowl game. It was crazy. Right. The photos, 
and reading Tyler Horka's um, articles he did for Blue and Gold, I mean, it was an electric, electric atmosphere. And and the pictures of the Dublin streets going to the ball game was it was crazy. So, yeah, I mean, they're probably going to be a little flat here and there, getting their sea legs back back under them and uh, rolling from there. And um, yeah, I'm, you know, by halftime they should get rolling. Second half, I'm sure we're going to see everyone under the sun playing. So, um, Angeli third quarter, Minchie fourth quarter. That's what I would yeah. do. I don't think Angeli's going to play an entire half. No, I, I think Minchie might Minchie might get those that last three minutes kind of deal. I don't think he should get an entire quarter. Well, he's a freshman. I mean, why, why not? It's going to be an open competition. That well, I think everyone Paul, assumes. Since- I think that Paul's point, I think you would – you would play him no. to get him more reps. Why? I mean, they didn't last week. Mike, they did. Again, they were going to. He was going to. Okay, they're hold on. They're okay. They're up thirty-five nothing. They could okay. easily. They, they could ease. I know Hartman started because that drive. I think had two plays in the fourth quarter started. They could easily take it. The game's thirty-five nothing. They didn't. And I know Navy had the long drive. I get all that stuff. Do you not remember thirty-five nothing last year? What's that? Do you remember 35 nothing against that same team last year? It was actually 35-13. So, well, it was but it wasn't in the fourth quarter. So, it was a uh, yeah, which is when they went game. to put in Jelly in. What's that? Which the fourth quarter is when they went to put him in. That's what I'm saying. Like the game was out of hand. You had to step oh. on the throat. Oh, no, no, no. I I agree, but but they could have got him in. I mean, he could have finished that one drive. He he could, you know, he could have finished that opening drive of the fourth quarter, but he didn't. Because they didn't put him in, they kept Hartman in, and the game became forty-two nothing. So, and then obviously you got—I mean, you got to assume Navy versus backups, Notre Dame's backups on D is going to go for a long drive, which they did. So, with all the new clock rules and, and things of that nature, he only got a couple minutes, and he still handed off basically. So, uh, hey, jury you're right. Angeli, Angeli decided to hand off. Like, yeah, and the coach was like, Angeli, take some oh, boxes. No, I just want to hand it off. Why, why? Every game this guy's ever played, he hands off. And the only pass he throws is basically a triple option. Dive, quarterback, run to the edge, throw Tim, a ball. Tim, you've had some bad takes. What What are you – he's he's a backup quarterback. And you back throw quarterback the game. It's a blowout. They're going to hand the ball off. What I, the hell I, do you expect, Tim? Okay. With three minutes left, you what you want them to run four verts, Tim? Like, that's, that's what all, you wait, 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 wait. Well, you're talking about going up 35 42 points against Tennessee State, so you want them to throw all four verts in a blowout against an FCS one double A Tennessee State? Let them run the real offense. What's the difference? What's the difference? Get the man more action in a glide. What, what is action? Handing off or playing quarterback? He's yet to play quarterback. He got then in let the man play quarterback. Year. Mike, he got in last year multiple times and handed off. He got in the very first game of the year, forty-two nothing. They want. I, I've yet to see this guy throw a forward pass. So I just hope. I'm sure he'll get a forward pass against Tennessee State. I just don't understand your point here. You're just trying to poke. Poke the Angeli. It's not just because you're a troll. Like I I don't understand. No, we start this show and it's instantly like, well, you got to let Angeli play. Why? Why does the entire Saturday got to get built around Steve Angeli? I don't understand. It doesn't. All I'm saying is, if they're up forty-two nothing at halftime against an FCS program, let the kid play. And I'm sure he will play. But is that playing towards he's just going to hand off? Because what people want him to do is go out there and throw the ball and sling the ball all over the place. We've yet to see him do that. So that's why I'm saying let him do that in the third quarter, let Minchie do that in the fourth quarter, and let those two guys each get a quarter in the second half. This game should be a blowout. So, But is that going to be how Marcus Freeman plays this thing? If you're up 40 – let's say you're up 42-7 to seven at halftime. There's no need to play anyone in this game because you're going on the road the next week against NC State. So is the is the game going to be let's get out of here, keep everyone healthy, play all these backups, let them have some fun, or is it going to be well we got to get which is going to Paul's point we got to get Angeli ready for um, in case you know uh, Hartman blows out his knee as he said so so do you let him play the real offense was the real offense last week just hand off hand off and throw a 
two-yard pass to Rico Flores, the pass behind the line of scrimmage, by the way. So I don't know. I don't know. I'm just answering the man's question. I don't understand you sometimes, Tim, but we'll move on. But I don't understand this obsession with Steve and Jelly is Tim, it's the backup the quarterback. It's the everyone was talking about the backup quarterback. It's, it's yeah, that's game. why I said Minchie. Let them all play. They're going to play all the walk-ons. So why not I just, give Minchie a fourth quarter? I don't think you give them the entire quarter. I think you give them a half of the quarter. But okay, then they probably will. The way the clock's moving, they probably will. All right. This was not on the docket for today's show, but I thought this was pretty interesting. On three tweeted this out today. Urban Meyer does uh, a podcast a video deal with uh, Tim May, who's a writer at Letterman Rose, the on threes Ohio State website. And this is what Urban Meyer had to say about Notre Dame and quarterback recruiting. Have you seen this yet, Tim? Uh, no. Okay, I just well, saw a blurb of it on the message right. board real quick. Here you go. Quarterback played well. You know, I still am amazed that Notre Dame's got to go to Wake Forest to get a transfer quarterback. That doesn't equate to me. That doesn't – no, he's a great player. Yeah. But Notre Dame's got to go recruit them a five-star, and they should have one, two, and three excellent quarterback because it's Notre Dame. You should have – you should recruit you, Ohio State, those top blue blood teams. You should be in the mix in every top quarterback in America and get them. And, and guess what, Urban? He's in his sixth year. <laughs> what could you have done with uh six years of like tim tebow or something i mean that, that's crazy isn't it when you you know i mean ohio state's got a kid on there you know as you know uh tristan jebbia transfer from oregon state he's basically a coach within that uh quarterback room you know which is led by your your son-in-law Corey dennis the uh, quarterbacks coach but he's in his seventh year in college football it, that's kind of crazy isn't it when you think about it well i remember mark pantoni the, the recruiting uh coordinator at Ohio State, and we would have conversations. You know, the great players leave after three. You know, if you're really yeah. – you know, I'm not saying they're not great players, but after three years, uh, you know, they're gone. Ohio State's quarterbacks are gone after three years. You know, it started with Dwayne Haskins. Now, the fact that you have guys who have been there six years, obviously that's a little bit of luxury. But once again, Notre Dame, in my opinion, should – in everyone's opinion – you go recruit you the best quarterback in the country, develop them, let them play for two years. He goes to be a first-round draft pick. They have for them to get where they have to get. That has to happen. Thoughts, Tim? Yeah, I, yeah. There's a billion things in there, I guess. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I mean, that's. I mean, they have recruited guys. They have recruited high-caliber guys, and and whatnot over the years. So is he just talking about the recent few years he got? I mean, I'm sure he doesn't know the roster, you know, but um, I mean, obviously Minchie was a top 200 guy. Carr is going to be, a you know, top 50, 100, whatever his final ranking will be. So there's a couple there. Buckner was a top 100. Jerkovic was top 100. So there's, I mean, Wimbush was top 50. So obviously Notre Dame has had guys. It's not like they're, they're, you know, bums. Um, that they've gone out and done. So, yeah, the fact that he went, I mean, he probably, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure Urban Meyer's not breaking down, you know, Blue and Gold Illustrated, the articles and all that stuff. Yeah, why did, you know, Hart, obviously Hartman come here? Because Marcus Freeman loves experience. People don't like to hear that, but he does. He talked about it after the game. He gushed all about the experience with Hartman. Talked about it all last year. So he he went out and got an experienced quarterback as have a ton of other programs uh, since the portals come alive. So, you know, I don't know. It's just, just Urban Meyer yapping. I mean, when he says you should get five-star quarterbacks, well, obviously Notre Dame calls them. So it doesn't mean that, you know, you're not, you know, not, I mean, just because you call them doesn't mean they flock there. So, I mean, heck, look at this year. Notre Dame, look at all the quarterbacks they've offered this year. And they, what, I think they've offered eight, eight, um, big time quarterbacks, I, I think, and six instantly said no to Notre Dame, so they're down to recruiting Deuce Knight and uh, you know, Bear out of Temeca, you know, Temecula. Is it Temecula Valley he's at or Marietta? Marietta Valley, is it Marietta? Yeah, I mean, they're right next door to each other, so yeah, so I mean, they've offered a bunch in the top 10 this year, and they're you know, recruiting two left, so interesting. This Urban Meyer, yeah. 
I mean, I feel like with some of the stuff you and Goolsby say about like Notre Dame needs to build the quarterbacks on the roster and not go get a transfer, I mean, you guys kind of agree with that, right? Yeah, I mean, but but we're not the head football coach. That's why I am. I'm listening to what Marcus Freeman says. That's why I am of the opinion of what he's going to do. It so so I guess Urban Meyer is going to be upset if he follows Tim Hyde's advice. He's going to get another transfer next year. So. We'll see what Urban has to say at this time next year. But, um, yeah, I think Marcus Freeman is just going to recruit guys, and if there's dudes out there in the portal, he's going to bring them in. I, I think do. so, too. I do. That's what we've been talking about for years at this point. Yeah, I think he's going to bring him in, and I think – I don't know, man. When he, when he talks about experience – and I'm going back to last December or even after the bowl game and whatnot. He just – man, he, when he talks about quarterbacks and experience – that's like his uh, that's his favorite thing to chat about when it comes to offense. Yeah. He doesn't talk much offense, but he'll talk about experienced quarterbacks. But once again, how do you get experience if you don't play, if you don't get in, if you don't do all these things? It's going back to the giant circle and you know, and you know, not to get back on, you know, and Jelly, I was a little like, dude, play him the whole fourth quarter. You're up 35 nothing. There was no need unless he wanted Hartman to get a fourth touchdown or whatever it was. I was like, man, he could. How, how many times have we seen quarterbacks just tip the cap to the fans? The next guy comes on. That's what I was expecting at the start of the fourth, especially when I went back and rewatched it. Perfect thing, right? Hartman was unbelievable that game. He could have walked out fourth quarter, standing ovation to that fan base, and then Jelly go out and finish the whole entire fourth quarter. Got two drives in, and I mean, let him run that offense on that you know drive. He could have gone down. I think they handed off every single play until they threw the. The screen pass there, so he could have easily have done that, I figure. But uh, that's that's going back to the hamster wheel Goolsby constantly talks about. Just when are you going to get off? Speaking of Marcus Freeman, do you think he walks, watches the show? <laughs> he sure does sound like. He sounds like you and I when we talk about Great House and Flores. I mean, seriously, his quotes were like coming right out of our mouths there. I thought it was funny. Yeah. And so what, what Tim's talking about is – Jaden Greathouse coming from Austin Westlake, uh, playing a ton of balls. A freshman, I mean, he's like a freshman All-American per Max spread. Rico Flores from Folsom, California, Northern California. Um, just, uh, I mean, two of the best programs. I mean, Westlake's usually top 10 program nationally. Folsom's usually in the top 25-ish. I'm just going off the top of my head just in recent years. And we have talked about, man, when you play for those kind of programs – your readiness is just it's so much more because you played at basically like a mini college like i remember um in it was uh september of 2020 when notre dame was recruiting kate klubnik austin texas westlake high school as well um i was in the area for a little family getaway and i went to go see him because his his school was only i think a half hour from where i was it's like a 5 a.m. workout. I don't know. I I, I got it was it, it was that was again September 2020. So it's not you weren't able to see too many recruits. Actually, it was August 2020. But anyways, you weren't able to see too many recruits at that point. So I was just itching to go out on the road to see a recruit. So again, five in the morning, and Jaden Greathouse was actually a freshman that, at that point. And just seeing that workout, you're like, oh, this is different. Like there's no one joking, there's no one running in late. Um no passes hitting the ground. Like, I'm like, holy crap. That was one of the most impressive workouts I've ever seen for a high school. It's like, that's the kind of program that Jane Greathouse is coming from. And it definitely has gotten him ready for Notre Dame. And that's what Freeman talked about in his press conference on Monday, Tim. Yeah, I know. It's perfect. I mean, those are like some of the things we highlighted when they went out and got him. And obviously with, you know, Rico Flores, you know, when they, when he committed back then, just going over Folsom, Folsom's a heck of a high school football program up North. You know, we talked about this a few weeks that the Stanford, the current Stanford coach is the one that built that thing. So that's what got him on the map as he moved up the, the coaching food chain, so to speak out there. So heck of a football pro- program. I mean, it goes back to why well, I always talk about the Trinity league. Those dudes are just, I mean, that, that's what they're used to. They're used to 5.30 a.m. lifts, 5.30 a.m. conditioning in the offseason. They do winter conditioning like they're at USC, Notre Dame, Ohio State, you know, the big boys out there. That's what they do. And they just train those coaches. All they do is football, and they get paid to do football. 
and you're in the offices all day, you're doing lunchtime meetings, this meeting, weight room after hours, everyone's got a position coach. There's not five coaches. It's like 15. Go look at St. John Bosco, who obviously Notre Dame, you know, is getting, uh, you know, Kingston from the linebacker. They literally have 20 coaches. Everyone coaches something. You got the Sam backers, I'll coach the Mikes. And it's just so specialized. And um, when you get, when you recruit at programs like that, and there's lots of them in, in the country, that's, I mean, some of these guys, man, they go right to right into programs and they're ready to roll. Like, you know, Bosco whooped out yeah, Aquinas. Aquinas has dudes all over the place too. Bosco's just, you know, different level right now. But uh, yeah, when you get, that's, that's why I think Kingston's going to play right from yeah. the get go. He's been playing for four years at St. John Bosco, which is literally a mini college. Yeah. I think you it was know? a sophomore year he had a, an injury. His injury is, yeah, sophomore yeah. year. You know, started um, as a freshman. But, I mean, look crazy. at so many of the Trinity League quarterbacks that have moved on that have gone on and played right away. And, I mean, Bryce Young, obviously, right on modern day, obviously he sat behind you know, Mac Jones, who was a stud. But as soon right. as the ball was his, he's up and running. You know, same thing. You know, God, there's so many great high school programs out there. And when you see freshmen that are all American, most of the time they're probably, you know, I, I bet you I haven't studied it, but I wouldn't be surprised if half of the freshmen all Americans are coming from big time programs out of their states or region that are ready to come and ready to play college football. Sure. Sure. All right. Well, we uh, have one more sponsor to get to before uh, hearing from uh, from Tim on some other topics uh, in today's show. And this one is GameTime.co. It's not GameTime.com, folks. It is GameTime.co. Uh, and this is a place that makes the ticket buying process a lot easier because it can be a stressful process. you got to find that event you want to attend. you got to get the seats you want. And then, uh, you know, the, the actual per- ticket purchasing process is a different thing. But GameTime.co makes it easy, especially if you want those last minute tickets. Uh, it's a fast and easy way to buy tickets for sports, music, comedy, theater near you with killer last minute ticket deals so you can relax and get hyped for the fun you'll have. And if you use the promo code BGI, just those three letters, BGI, you will get $20 off your first purchase. They'll even guarantee that you'll get the lowest price or they'll refund you 110%. You really don't need to plan months in advance um, since they have deals right up to game time. Snag the tickets without the stress at gametime.co. Create the app uh, or download the app at at game time. Um, You know, use that that promo code BGI for $20 off your purchase. Terms apply. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. I mean, you can even get some Notre Dame tickets, uh, you know, for, for even Tennessee State this weekend. The whole the whole slate there is available if you are interested in purchasing Notre Dame tickets over at GameTime.co. Uh, Baldwin's Aaron Schott says, Deuce Knight, our guy, let's go. I don't know why you're saying Deuce Knight, let's go. But, hey, we love the Deuce around here. Uh, we do love the Deuce. And, Tim, it should be – you should it should be mentioned that Notre Dame um got out of navy with pretty they're relatively healthy um you know you know no guys were cramping up there uh you you had Rubio um <laughs> Rubio's out for a couple of weeks but other than that Notre Dame got out of there healthy um so uh that's uh that's all I got to say about that but yeah Tim you wanted to talk about the uh, the usage of Notre Dame tight ends. I know when you were doing your rewatch, that was something that you were eyeing in on. So I was curious, like, are you concerned at all? Or is it like, no, those guys were open. Hartman just was finding more wide open guys. I was just curious about the Notre Dame tight end usage. Yeah, well, it obviously came uh... – during, you know, once we saw the, the the snaps, I know it was something that, you know, you talked about. It, was, it probably had more to do with Great House's numbers, I, I, I thought, of his low numbers, yet his – even Colsey, right? Colsey was like seven. I think Great House is eight or nine snaps. Yep, yep. So, you know, and I chart during the game a whole bunch, and I knew they played 12 personnel. I had no idea they played this this much. They well, had, Sorry, Tim, we do have someone named Deuce Knight saying go to Irish in the podcast. That's why. Oh, the, in the chat. Is so, thank you, Deuce. We love the Deuce. We love it. Oh, boy. <laughs> you're, you're trying hard to knock me off. Uh, All right. So, sorry. Continue. 
about the title. I love it. I love it. I'll just, oh man, deep breath, right? But uh, no, uh, so with, you know, double tight end, there's a lot of plays. I thought that was Great House. When I went back and watched that slot, it was Stays. Stays played more slot than Great House did in the game. They had two tight ends, uh, two tight ends. I had 57% of the snaps with Sam Hartman in, with Sam Hartman in. So I thought, so either two tight ends, three tight ends, which was Sherwood, and they even did a goal line package, which was uh, with Tosh Baker out there as a tight end next to Joe Alt. So they did four in the games. So I, th- I found that fascinating, in, um, you know, with the tight ends. And then it was, I guess the usage goes back to they had no catches, so which was fascinating. So the crack staff of Tim Hyde and the Ten Fingers and Mr. Google went back and I scrolled all the games. There's a bunch of games with one. One tight end, one tight end. 2017. I found 2017, the last game was Navy. And also earlier in that year, they had Miami of Ohio tight end didn't have a catch. So I just stopped at 17. So two games and two again, Mike. Jeez Louise, you're killing me now. So there's uh, so they had two games in 2017. Every other game since then, a tight end has had a, a catch. So I just found that fascinating looking at what Parker – you know, we talked about all offseason. What are we going to see from Parker? I found it very revealing during the press conferences I brought up before of the players talking about same calls, same formations. A lot of the same things we've done in the past, we're doing again. And I thought it showed personnel package wise once, uh, you know, during the Navy game. It was fascinating because we've talked a ton how we, I, I just assumed they're going to be a ton in 11, but no, they're in 12. Like, as I said, almost 60% of the snaps with Sam Hartman. So is this going to be a, a one game off or is this – because obviously the personnel package worked fine with Evan. Stays is unbelievable out there blocking his tail off. So is this going to be one of those things that, that will continue or is it something to give Great House maybe a few more games another month until he starts cracking 25, 30 snaps out there? Don't Do not say that. Come on. Oh man. Take it from there, Mike. We're holding it we're holding it together. Some people are like, what the heck are these guys keep laughing about? You know. You know. <laughs> That's all I gotta say. Um, Tim, uh, you know, as we continue breaking down the Irish, um, any thoughts on like the Navy? Like, were you surprised with the Navy's RPOs or lack of? Uh no. I, I was I was more surprised with really, I mean, Goolsby talked about this. I screenshotted him a few, a few like front plays. I'm like, where they know there's plays. They literally, you can't even find the linebacker in the box. I was like, no wonder they're just ripping off runs right down the gut. So Mike, you're killing me tonight. Mike, you're killing me. I'm just trying to talk ball. You're killing me. So, Hey, I didn't, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, Mike. Yeah, Mike's having too much fun tonight. All right, all right. We're 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 good. we're reeling it back in. All right, here we go. Reel it back in. Reel it back in. But uh, no, yeah, and you know, there was definitely some. Uh, I was more surprised with what Navy did. Yeah, I, I really does. But that's probably more. I would think with the Sam Hartman effect of that's why we didn't see as so many cover zero blitzes. But even in twelve personnel, they would bump Stays and Evans out. And they did doubles, basically two by two with them a bunch just to spread uh, Navy out. So I found that a little fascinating. And then um, definitely with with Great House, I really thought he played a ton. I thought right, when you, it, it looked like it. But I went back and I rewatched, and obviously the snap counts. They're not going to lie about those. But there's plays I was like, man, I thought that was Great House because Great House is good looking. He's a stocky dude. Right. He's not your little thin guy out there. You rewatch it, I'm like, well, that stays stays is a big he's a big presence out there but it looked like they had the the leg sleeve on or something that's why i always got that confused but as far as real quick uh you know wrap up you know on the tight ends it's like what are the numbers going to be i went back and charted you know just looked at the final stats and you know i don't know all the stats memorized here but 2017 you had alice mack with 19 and durham smythe 15 is stays and Evans going to be in that? Well, check this out. 2016, the the meltdown year that we don't talk about. Smith, nine catches. Wisher had three. That's it for tight ends. 
and then 15, which is a great offense. Mac had uh, three and Durham Smythe with three, uh, 13 and three, excuse me. And Wisher had three. So started thinking, I was like, man, is Notre Dame going to get 20, 25? Can they, are they going to get 30? Or with Hartman, once again, Hartman at Wake Forest was a wide receiver offense. So he may go, he may what? go to the wide receiver a lot more, Mike. Than, uh, I don't know why you're laughing. I didn't say anything. I don't know. I'm, just thinking you of you. I'm just thinking of you now. Okay, there you go. Like you often do, Tim, I'm sure. Um, did, Rick's comment here or question, how many times are the tight ends on the pattern? Did you did you notice them just like blocking? Go, go ahead, Tim. No, no, no. Great point. Uh, there is because that was something I really wanted to look at. Like Evans, was he targeted? He was he definitely was targeted, I would say, twice. I saw two different times. Hartman wanted to go to him and just like, ah, uh, the guy was on him a little bit. And he just was like, nope, turned away, went somewhere else. One of them definitely when uh, Evans was on the left trying to, he was running a, a, a deep route and he wanted to look at him, but he shied away. So he did look at Evans a handful of times. And then the rest of the time, never really saw much with Stays. Stays looked like just a permanent blocker out there a ton. So, but Evans, he definitely went to. I want to get into talking about the um, the the just the wide receiver, and I have the depth chart pulled up. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick something else because that depth chart everything puts out the text is so stinking small. But also find Tim real quick the the snap chat the snap counts. Excuse me from um from the game Saturday, so we can kind of dive into what those looked like. But I know you did want to talk about the um you know the, the, the Notre Dame receiver depth chart. Like does your opinion change on who you want to see out there um on Saturday against Tennessee State and then moving forward? Yeah, real um no I mean I mean keep you know keep playing the guys. I mean Tyree Tyree did you know a couple nice things out there. Obviously Thomas is Thomas. But you know I know Tobias is getting the the bad rap times 10, but my God, he's, he has a touchdown for crying out loud. And Hartman does his best Drew pine to bounce it off of the Navy guy. You know, it doesn't throw it far enough. And then, you know, I know the bubble is a killer, but there's literally, I saw two different times, but maybe this is this in Hartman's head now. So there is two times you see Tobias running free, just all by himself walking touchdowns, obviously if he catches it walk-in touchdowns and uh you know Hartman released it earlier so you know I think Tobias is going to be fine he's going to be fine right technically he's a redshirt freshman if we look at it like that correct it's not like Jaden Thomas bursted on the scene catching eight passes a game to start last season correct took him a while his sophomore year I think the it's that expectations I've talked about with him being the one wide receiver in that class Obviously, he's dynamic. He's so tall, long, fast, all those good things we like. Just hasn't blown up yet, you know, if you want to use that word, Mike. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, Deion Colsey, it's interesting. Great house with two touchdowns. Colsey was set or with one, and Colsey only had seven snaps, and, and great house with eight. And then he had Salerno with 11. Tyree 14, Rico Flores 19, Merriweather 35. Like the, the staff clearly trusts him. He played a ton of football out there. And then he, of course, had, mm-hmm. um, you know, Jaden Thomas with uh, the 38, Tim. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, de- definitely. You can see, you know, who's who and whatnot. The, you know, the great, yeah, the great house thing was, you know, he obviously went out there and was more route based, especially the routes he ran and the, and the plays that he got in there on. So it was probably a little package for him, what he was comfortable with running some of those routes. And then, um, you know, when you're going, obviously the other players, Thomas going to play a ton. Tobias, you know, he blocked his tail off. He did good things. Had he just hit one of those deep ones, if Hartman just waited another millisecond longer, it's a different story. Or if he just hits, you know, Tobias, and everyone saw the play where he's just, I mean, Hartman felt bad. He's kicking himself. Right. He's kicking himself because he knew he he just lofted it too much. Should have threw it sooner. But um, you know, it's gonna happen. It's game one. Even a guy who's you know thirty five hundred snaps under his belt and Sam Hartman and all the games that he's played. So it it happens. It's the game one. I think Tobias is gonna be it's gonna be fine. Tim, he, if you're a football coach and you know that Tobias is like one of your two best receivers yeah. on the team in terms of talent, do you say? 
against Tennessee State, we're going to force feed him the ball a little bit. We are just going to get him the screens, get him. Hey, we know that Sam has always been connecting with, with Tobias on this in practice. Like, we're going to force feed him the football. Do you think that Notre Dame's going to do that? Yeah, I mean, they can, I guess. I'm not. I mean, he comes out of this game with eight catches, 192 yards. Does that mean he's a dude? We'll find out against NC State when there's got, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm. I mean, it's Wednesday. I'm already programming my brain not to overreact to some of the stuff that we're going to see on Saturday. I get it. And that might be the, if, you know, we're just obviously thinking ahead, guessing ahead. If that's him, he goes out and has a game like that. Okay. Then where's it been? You know what I mean? Where was it last week? So now that that expectation, that standard level performance, you just did it this week, do it against NC state. So does that pressure mount? Does he put pressure on himself? I'm, I'm, I'm curious, but Tobias is, I mean, he's definitely the dude, but going back to one of your points that you made either in the live game or with Mike Goolsby of, it could, could have been with me was if great house is playing that good. Is he just pigeonholed right now at the slot because he is a freshman or, right. or can he play? Is, is he, you know, can he play the, you know, the field side, That's what I, you know, and that's going to be, you know, because that's the the next thing with Thomas. Thomas is a boundary guy, so can Great House Great House played tons of boundary in his highlight films right. uh, in high school. So obviously he's he's been the guy, you know, who's been man to man out there. Unless they don't feel he's got the the go to speed to beat press man coverage, I would think maybe this early in his career. So maybe they are just playing him in one spot. Rico played more because he's the white side guy and he's just rotating in and out out there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely interesting, Rico, with uh, 19 snaps to Flores 8. And I, I think I talked about it in both shows. Um, and I know you talked about, yeah, you know, there's so much two tight end personnel, uh, you know, packages. So that's that's why you don't – that takes out a slot what? oftentimes because you're going to have, obviously, your five offensive linemen. you got a quarterback that's six. You got a running back at seven. Two tight ends makes it nine. Then you got two receivers, 11. So they're – an extra tight end takes away from, you know, having to be able to have that slot receiver. Um, so, yeah, it, it's definitely interesting. Like, if, if the defensive guys talk about, if you're a linebacker at Notre Dame, you got to know all three spots, right? That's what they talk about. Yes. I think at Notre Dame, you got to know all three receiver spots. So, I, I would hope that Great House can um, get, yeah, because if he's the best, like, if he's one of the best three receivers or four receivers on this team, even. And they still really like Chris Tyree in the slot. Yeah. And that's only where Tyree's only going to play slot. I think we would all probably agree on that. Like, can Greyhouse play to the field? I think that would be uh, pretty interesting. No, I, and you know, and that's the other thing. So you have Greyhouse, his numbers are down because he's behind Tyree. So Tyree's right. going to play so much. And Tim, he didn't even play. That. Yeah, like 15, is it? 16. 14. 14 snaps. Exactly. So there's Chris Tyree, which is. Everyone on the message board and in the live chat, every single show we've ever done together, Mike is. It is Chris just Tyree. one. It's one game, though. It is one game. True, I know, but it's always like Chris Tyree's got to do this. Chris Tyree's got to do this. We're wasting Chris Tyree. You know, Reese never did anything good for Tyree. And then game one, it's like he plays 14 snaps. I think he played more last year in the Ohio State game, which he felt like he barely played. So, yeah. no, I know. That's why it was fascinating going back, watching the rewatch, like, and charting the 12, the two tight ends, like, holy moly. I mean, the last touchdown, Mike, the last touchdown, the, or no, excuse me, the double, the double post, uh, they had three tight ends out there. Three, they're in two by two. They had David Sherwood as a slot. So the, you know, when they went out there, they sent them all out on his trips, forced Navy to call a timeout. They kept the same personnel come out and they're two by two. So here you go with David Sherwood playing slot. So Maybe it's just, you know, it was an interesting uh, personnel thing that they had, I guess. But it goes back to, is it a per, is it a package thing? You're telling me Great House can't go out there and block on, uh, you know, on that, uh, well, whatchamacallit, the pass to uh, Thomas on the touchdown? I just found that interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm going to get into uh, some, some different questions and Super Chats as we kind of wind down today. Sure, that's just blown by. I know I was halfing for, or excuse me laughing for half of the show um if you know you know kind of thing um but just tim just cracks me up uh trash with the again trash 
th- th- this man trash do you know you can post comments without having a super chat i just want to let you know because the only the guy only posts super chats really appreciate yes. him you're you're the goat trash um he says uh caleb williams won the heisman last year many voters said if they knew about his fingernails they wouldn't wouldn't have they said even if this was the best even if he was the best this year they won't if you had a vote would you I mean, if he's the best player, he's the best player. What, what right? is he even putting on his fingernails again? Remember, he he did the F N D or F note uh, Irish, or then he did F Utah, uh, and I guess it was a thing he did all year long. He came out and said he did it every game against the teams that he played. You know, I I have no idea if anyone in the chat watched. I watched a bunch of the game last week against San Jose State. I didn't pay attention. To, I didn't hear any fingernails thing, so I don't know if anyone. If, um, Tim, if we're base, uh. I mean, if Kalen Williams comes out this year and he dominates and he does what he did last year and he's the best player and SC is Pac-12 champs going to the Final Four, he's, he's going to New York. If 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 he, if if Caleb puts something derogatory, like really just nasty, like and hateful, sure. But if it's if it's just at this team, like. I feel like people who complain about this are also the same people who are like, why do players after the game hug each other and give each other their jerseys? Like, which one is it? Like, hey, I, I don't care about this at all. Yeah, if he's I, the best player, I mean, if we're going to talk off the field stuff like that, and I'll kind of, I know that's on the field, but it's has nothing to do with actual uh, uh, gameplay, right? Unless it's something really like, it's got to be bad. Like, this is nothing. I, I, I don't care. Well, it's you know, I mean, what are you going to do with you know? So he does that, but he also he makes a lot of money in his you know nil, but he's giving it away. He does tons of charity stuff. He does. I mean, every time he gets anything, it's going right back to his players, kind of like the Hartman things did. Caleb's been doing that for two years, so you know, it is yeah, it is what it is. I think that's just his motivation. It is what it is on his nails, right? All right. I I think trash, thank you for the super chat. I just think we're done talking about this. I just I think this is a dumb conversation. Really do appreciate the super chat, but I I don't really want to be talking about fingernails anymore. I, I, this is just a waste of time. So sorry, Tim. I don't know if you had a really great point there at the end. No, it's just no, it's fine. Yeah, it's, just it's commenting it's, off of it. They're fingernails. We're 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 good. Um Tim, this is from Andrew earlier. He says, um, what would you do as offensive coordinator to get Tobias going? I feel like they need to involve him in some underneath stuff. I think that's kind of what I was saying earlier. Um, and, and Andrew says, forcing everything over the top seems too predictable and low percentage. I agree with the last sentence. And I think it's you and Goolsby that are like, just put Braylon James in and have him run a nine route. It's like, okay, that's cute, but then every single time Braylon James comes in, it's like everyone just kind of knows what to expect. So I actually agree with the, with the point from Andrew here. Like, you, I think Tobias is more than just a one-trick, nine-route pony. Like, I, I think he can, oh. you know. So well, I, I'm curious, just kind of, what do you think about this discussion, Tim? Well, they did that. To, well, the, they did that instantly to start the game with Tobias, right? Give him a little, mo, you know, mojo, a little bubble screen, get a couple blocks, turn it up, go make a big play. And uh, they tried that, you know, last week. So I'm sure they're going to keep doing this. Yeah, I don't think he's just a go-route guy. He was open a bunch of some posts and some deep, deep crossers that he was running. So, no, he's – we just haven't seen it. The only thing we've ever seen is one catch, right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy how much he – how much we talk about him and the Notre Dame fan base since last year. Like, I mean, my God, the first game of the year last year, it's all, half of it was either, once again, announcers or why aren't we playing the freshman wide receivers? And it's always, and it's continued with him. And here he is one game into the season. He still has one career catch, which yeah. is, you know, I mean, it's fascinating. I mean, so learn about him. It's last week. It's like, come on. Got to get him going. EK says it should be the same as with Audric. If you drop a pass, you sit. I think, I mean, just the impact of a drop pass versus a fumble. I mean, it's a turnover versus a, you go again. I, yeah. And the turnover a little bit different. Yeah, and the turnover obviously had the, the ball inside. It was great, great swipe out from the from the Navy guy. You know, but yeah, I found that interesting. It's like, well, Freeman says, well, our standard is no turnovers. Okay, so does that mean when Hartman throws a pick, is he out? It's you know, it's he did say that. I, I found that interesting. Like, why I, I know it's corny. I, yeah, I, I, I didn't like that, you know. I didn't like that. It's like 
turnovers are part of the game. It happens. And, um, yeah, you know, and obviously they benched Audric cause they could, you know, they, you know, it was a perfect time to go get some other dudes, some, some carries after the, you know, by the time he'd done that, he was already warming up and having a heck of a game. Yeah. Kind of a, uh, set an example kind of deal. You know yeah. what? It also goes back just real quick off that. Cause you asked this question in our live show, why was he playing at the end? And I was thinking, because okay. I was watching that, you know, when, you know, when he was out there with Angeli in that group was, was that punishment to go out there and play mop up tailback? I don't know. I just found that a little interesting going back once again in the rewatch. Why was he out there? That's there's no, there's no punishment for a running back game ball. Like that's, that's, yeah, <laughs> I, I, I know it's like, we're going to send you out there. With the backup like, line, I, that's, I, like, I you know, that's like being punished. It's like your your mom grounds you. Oh, go go play video games. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh, sure, I would love to. <laughs> so I was doing I that back in in the rewatch, going off of you know your comments during our show. Like, yeah, why was he out there? I, I, that was that was weird. I would love that answer. Uh, Blue I trash. Appreciate the super chat. Says blue and gold was oh. my childhood. I think you got cut off the your rest of your sentence there but let me know oh you probably mean so i will only do super chats love it thank you trash. oh love yeah it. trash I, I got you and i uh, really appreciate it you're the man um but no more fingernail talk um oh, i'm kidding not well not really uh so i i did say in a, in one of our shows uh, it was jay Carr was like mike if notre dame beats navy by 30 will you shave where you go cliche i've said sure so um I will as soon as I, I I I will. I just need I need a few more days. Okay, just calm down, guys. I was I You're was just shaving your goatee because Notre Dame beat Navy by third. It wasn't like a oh. no. I don't think they will. It was just like sure, buddy. I I probably need to anyway. So it's just going for something new. So gotcha. But yeah, I got to get a haircut and and you know I I got to do the whole thing. So yeah, you know when, you. when you're on. When you're on TV as much as this guy is, you know. Yeah, you are on a lot. Andrew at Super Chase says, 10 thoughts on Zachariah Branch. Is he the next Percy Harvin? One game, one game against San Jose State. Let's, you know, well, let's pump the brakes a little bit. But this, kid, this kid's fantastic, Tim. How, how does Notre Dame defend him going forward? Yeah, flip a coin, have fun. Um, I mean, who's, yeah, who's covering him? DJ Brown, because he's going to play the slot. Uh, <laughs> you know, Jack Kaiser out there. Um that's gonna be that's gonna be a fun game. Um, oh, I saw his high. They, I mean, first off, he's one of the best players in the country in high school out of Bishop Gorman. I mean, I remember texting you a year ago, Mike, and you just said, I think you even said you've seen him at a camp or something, and you said oh, he's unreal. Yeah, it's yeah. on playoffs here. Yeah, he's on returns for touchdowns. He was nuts. Oh, he's unbelievable. He there's a. I sent it to Goolsby. I was like, who's covering? I literally said the same thing that Andrew said. Who's covering this guy? And um, yeah, he's yeah, he's a different dude, different dude with the ball in his hands. But uh, yeah, we got Ohio State first before we play SC. We got a bunch of games, but he is a dynamic football player, and one Notre Dame's gonna have to figure out who in the heck is gonna cover him. All right, you you keep talking about one day closer to Ohio State. You you're kind of dismissing NC State a little bit. Do you not think NC State will be able to put up a challenge? Well, I've said why. Well, because if Notre Dame can't go into Raleigh and beat NC State, then they have no business, right? I mean, that this entire season, all this hype, all this, we're going to the playoffs, Heisman for Hartman, and all. If you seriously, if you can't beat NC State and you're Notre Dame, then enjoy eight and four. You're going eight and four. You're going eight and four to Marshall and Stanford last year, and then beat Clemson. You know, okay, like- exactly. Okay, great. What, so you're telling me Marcus Freeman in his second year hasn't learned anything? Then, then, then Notre Dame has the wrong head football coach. Does Notre Dame have the wrong head football coach if, if he in his second year hasn't learned anything from the practice routine? You know, you know this always. You know, we don't. You know, no one's really ever talked about this. But what was the messaging? The head coach is the messaging. Freeman kind of talked about this as the season went on, where he he kind of hinted he. Every week was a new week. Every week was this different message. And then I think it was going into the Clem- – or maybe it was the Syracuse game after Stanford, right, where he was just like, man, it, it sounded like he admitted he's doing a lot of things wrong, and it's like, boom, one play, one life, whatever his thing is. He just stuck to one darn thing, and it was that moving forward. So um, so I'm going off of that, the way they finished last year, the bowl win, the offseason, um, 
the I mean how well they played as a as a team on yeah. Saturday was 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 a lot of fun yeah. to watch. They came out and were ready to roll as a coaching staff, as a program, as players. And not saying Notre Dame's going to go undefeated or whatnot, but I mean, my God, no, Notre Dame should go into NC State and beat NC State. If they do not beat NC State, Mike, the after show is going to be on fire because oh, Notre sure. Dame is going to struggle. I agree. Oh, I agree. But all, my my point is still that Notre Dame can lose a game at NC State and then still beat other big time teams. Like they can, they can. Of 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 course they can. Of course they can. It's like, but no one's gonna like that. No one's gonna. Yeah. Oh no. No, no one's sure. gonna like that. You know. And I always go back to last year once again, real quick. Is the Marshall thing? Marshall. I want. You don't want to understand it. But it was such – I mean, once again, that, that Ohio State game, I mean, it was the Super Bowl. It was Freeman's first true game. It's alma mater, all that good crap we've talked about, right? I said the wrong word. Sorry, Mike. Is, um, <laughs> is um, you know, so we knew all that stuff. So it was a little bit of hangover for Marshall. And they played that way. They struggled that way. And the Stanford game was just mis-execution. It really was, man. They, I mean, remember they had a touchdown. The son of a gun covered a guy up. Just wrong alignment. You know, they're going in to win the game, going back to estimate. He fumbles the footballs. They're going in to win the football game. So that was just a mess, which it could have be all players, or is that still a head coach learning out how to be a head coach with his um the way he talks and things like that to the, you know, his messaging to the team. That's why I don't think NC State, all this talk about Duke, I get all these things, man. But if Notre Dame is where we all think. So many people predicting playoffs at 11 and 1. Sure, there's going to be tough games. There's going to be some hard nosed yeah. football games. Notre Dame should win those games. It's just yeah. my take. All right, we're going to hear from our final sponsor of the show, Dude Wipes. No, I'm kidding. Not, not, not Dude Wipes. Uh, but we do have a, a really cool uh, sponsor here uh, ESC Property Sales. Uh, it's, it's a business. Um, that is uh, doing a lot of good things in South Bend. Uh, and if you're looking to buy or sell a home in the Notre Dame area, you're going to want to contact ESC Property Sales. For over 10 years, they've worked hand-in-hand -hand with buyers and sellers in five Eddy Street Commons residential communities. They, their intimate knowledge of every community down to the specific details of each floor, floor plan and finished is unparalleled. And their long list of contacts and relationships works to your benefit to list or purchase a home near the university. Find details at esChomesales.com. Again, folks, esChomesales.com. If you are interested in buying or selling a home in South Bend, please do that. Um, I know that when I was, me and my wife bought a, a property, um, an investment property in uh, Clemson, South Carolina. Um, I really wanted South Bend, but my wife did not, uh, you know, she wasn't going for that. It was, you know, it didn't make a whole lot of sense for us, um, you know, distance wise, but I thought it made a whole lot of sense, but different discussion for a different day. And if I would have done it, I would have definitely hit up ESC uh, property sales. Again, folks, that, that website to visit is ESC homesales.com uh, um okay did we have um yeah it, from rick uh, a friend of the show says how about the play of jordan patello two very good young backups as well yeah he's physical i mean that's i mean you're playing navy and you're gonna get you know ran out a thousand times so played physical uh, you know, i mean burnham was obviously we talked about him after our you know in our live show you know the big sack he had and stuff like that. So, oh, good. Two very good um, football players. You know, backing him up. So, you know, you get three good DNs. See how that rotation goes this year. But um, hey, I said that was one of my uh, my hot takes this this year was going to be the the Vipers are going to have more sacks than Bosky and Adamiola last year with fourteen. So they got one right now in Burnham. We'll see how it rolls here. They may get twelve this week, but. Um, and then something from Andrew says on Fox Sports Radio, Brady Quinn called Notre Dame a contender because of Hartman. Andrew says, Tim, did you hear this? And, and do you have any thoughts on it? I, I just saw a tweet. I just saw the quote. I didn't listen to it. But this has been the national media from every single national guy who's got a radio show, a TV show, a podcast or whatever. And you're working for a big, you know, big affiliates and all that. They're all – that's all they talked about. I mean, it was – 
was it massive overreaction off of one game? It's week zero. Who else you got to watch? You know, Jacksonville State one, correct? So there's another one. But uh, it, it, it's Notre Dame. It was a great win. Unbelievable. Hartman came out and did everything. I, I, I think Hartman was fine. I think we lose track of how much he's played. Going back to that graphic Goolsby talked about in his show Sunday night, it's, I, I, I saw that again in the rewatch. It was, it's, it's crazy. He's up to like, I mean, he's got almost 35, what, 3,500 snaps under his belt. He's played in nearly 50 games now. So he was benched. That's the other thing no one ever talks about. Is Hart, Hartman was benched. Hartman got beat out as a sophomore. So he had to sit back, watch, learn, keep developing and things of that nature. So, got a six-year quarterback man it is uh it's crazy you know he'll get yeah. his few snaps this week and then going back to your point about nc state this is notre dame's got to go win all these acc games on the road and then obviously they got the big three games this year yeah so hartman sophomore year what, what would that have been like 98 oh my god um, Can you that? i mean seriously that's 19 it's crazy when you see some of these things like he's you know, when, you know, when guys post his age compared to some of the NFL quarterbacks that are starting and right. how he's older than all these guys. And I mean, just, I mean, he played against Ian book. That's, that's crazy to think about. Do that. He played against Ian book for crying out loud. Yeah. yeah. And here's Ian books, been in the league now for a couple of years. It's crazy. So, so uh, after we're done with this live show, which will wrap up here in, in just a couple moments, uh, Tim and I are going to record our final thoughts, observations and prediction video. That will go live Friday at noon Eastern, so please do check that out. Um, but, yeah, Tim, just to give a preview of that, just your early thoughts on uh, on Tennessee Notre, Notre Dame. I mean, early thoughts. The game's only a few days away, but um, thoughts, uh, you know, as of Wednesday evening. Get out of there. You know, it's going to be one of those games. Get out of there. Have fun. It's going to be a great atmosphere. Obviously, Tennessee State's going to bring fans. They're banned. I heard their band's going to be doing the whole halftime show, which is awesome. So, it's going to be a great environment for those guys. You know, obviously the, you know, the opponent, things of that nature, you don't want to play into that, go out and execute. So, I mean, that's what we want to see. We want to go see out, out there, see Notre Dame execute, handle business. And we're all dying to see a bunch of the young guys and things of that nature. Cause who knows when you see them next, correct? Cause there are, a, I mean, this is a pretty tough schedule, so there's no guarantees when we see any of these guys next. So go out there, have some fun, see Hartman sling it. I, I would love to see him throw a bunch of touchdowns once again, get those up because I predicted 15 against the three, right. the three easy games. That's a, that's a big bar. I should have went 12, but it's like, I right. went, I went 15, right. Might go big or go home. Right. So there you go. I went with 15 and um, Tim, I probably should ask this much earlier, but um, what are you laughing at? Tim's just chuckling over here. The FCS thing, again, we should have talked about this earlier, but Notre Dame playing, it's what now, USC and UCLA are the only other teams that haven't played an FCS team. Notre Dame had been that. Do you Is, is this something that you care about, Tim? Are you fine with them playing an FCS team here? Everyone does it, right? I, now that, as, I mean, USC is going USC is going to the Big Ten. They're going to play nine Big Ten teams. They've already announced they're, they're playing Notre Dame, so they're going to have 10 Power 5 games. Don't be surprised if they go play, you know, UC Davis, right? Early in the season, you know, someone like that, Eastern Washington up in the West Coast, someone, uh, you know. Don't play them. What is that? Oh, the Richard. They're good. But, These are oh, Washington. No, no, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, Eastern Washington is really good. But, you know, they. I wouldn't be surprised if they do that. UCLA um, probably do it too. It, it, it is what it is. I understand it. It's 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 smart scheduling for where it's at in the schedule, especially right after Dublin. So I'm curious, hey, are they going to do it again next year, right? Because Miami dropped. So are they going to pick up one of those? Or are they going to just go get a, you know, because every power, power five game is probably locked in unless they can right. buy for next year. So, yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm fine with it. It is what it is. You know, it is, it is what it is. I mean, when Alabama, when the entire SEC does it in the middle of November, which is, you know, is why do they do that? The rest of all their legs for the big rivalry week, the bowl, you know, moving forward. So I'm fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I've heard so many like Notre Dame alums on podcasts from Zorich, Ryan Hare. I mean, you hear all these guys that have been on alums and they're still a big deal to them. 
Yeah. And I think like they picked a like a good team to play too in HBCU. Eddie George, the head coach. Like, yeah, if you're just scheduling some rando FCS school, like I, I like that there was some thought in, in the picking it as well. But um, yeah, that's gonna wrap up today's show. Tim, you did I, I thought this was one of your your best performance shows. Like you 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 carried me tonight. You really did. I needed you. And uh, you, you did a phenomenal job. So, folks, please do hit the thumbs up on this video. And uh, subscribe to our channel for more uh, content. Tim, do you have any closing remarks? No. That's it. That's all from Tim. And that's all from me. Really appreciate you guys hanging out. Hit that thumbs up. Go to BlueEngle.com for so much more Notre Dame football and recruiting coverage. 10.30 a.m. Thursday. That's 10.30 a.m. Eastern time. Kyle Kelly and myself will have a Notre Dame recruiting update show. So, please do hang out. Um, for that uh, Friday noon Eastern, we'll have our final thoughts, observation, and prediction video for Notre Dame, Tennessee. Um, after the game, me and Tim will break break it down. Uh, Sunday night, Goolsby and I will find some stuff to talk about, which should be fun. Uh, and again, folks, uh, th that's going to wrap up this show. We will catch you guys next time.